Steelers fans. It's another episode of the Steelers Fantasy Football Fix, episode 17, actually. My name is Jeremy Betts. I am your host and happy to join you for another Triple F podcast. Looking forward to the topics of discussion today. Um, It was a week to forget as Steelers fans, Um, and uh, we will get to that in a second. But first, I wanted to remind listeners and any first-time listeners uh, that this podcast is a part of the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com podcast platform. You can get this podcast and so many others wherever you get your audio, whether that be Spotify, whether that be Apple uh, Podcasts, whether that be iTunes, whatever place you get your podcasts, um, you can check it out. This this podcast and so many others brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And then don't forget to go to the website itself and check out all of the written content there as well. If you're a Steelers fan, it's where you need to be to get all of your Steelers news, notes, etc. Hey, it's two weeks, guys, until most fantasy football playoffs start. For most leagues, uh, you're looking at a, a two-week uh Two weeks left in the regular season before jumping into the playoff rounds. Uh, For some leagues, it is three weeks. uh, And then for some large leagues, you may be starting your playoffs even sooner than than typical. So, you know, whatever you're preparing for this week and the next few weeks, hopefully I will be able to give you some good insights, especially in regards to the Steelers players that you are relying on for your fantasy football team and its potential success in playoff formats. Um, We're going to just jump right into a topic that has nothing to do with Steelers Bengals because that game was so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, I don't even want to go there. We've all had our rants by this time. We've all uh, done our 2022 mock drafts and, uh, throwing out the 2021 remaining schedule, uh, written off six more losses and, uh, you know, hoping for that top 10 pick. Uh, For some of you who still hold out hope, like myself, that the season is not over, uh, let's move on forward. Let's move to Baltimore, a team that um, the Steelers have had some success against uh, in the Lamar Jackson era. Not always winning, but always competitive and uh, keeping a lid on the Lamar Jackson attack. Hopefully that can be done again as well. We're going to move on into that week. But first, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that is game day food power rankings. All right. I know everybody out there loves a good game day snack, a good game day tailgate meal, whatever your go-to is. I'm sure it is amazing, but man, I got to tell you right now, I've got a list of favorites and uh, this is the way I see it. I'm going to power rank the top 10 tailgate foods and uh, you can agree, you can disagree, but all in all, we're all going to eat some good food during the games this weekend. First off, I'm going to, I'm going to start at the, at the number 10 spot. I'm going to jump in to One that might surprise you because 10th on my list is probably up near the top for a lot of people, and that is pizza. I'm not a big pizza guy, uh, and that's why it falls in at the 10th ranked spot for me. 
pizza just not my uh bread and um sauce if you will um you know it's just not something that i i really enjoy that much i like a good specialty pizza something with like a white sauce some some chicken maybe a barbecue chicken pizza you know that's that's my cup of tea when it comes to pizza man i'm using a lot of food analogies to describe food which uh, might indicate that i need some help so um you can help me determine that later on but pizza not necessarily one of my favorites although it does make my top 10 list of game day foods that i enjoy number nine corn dogs you know, corn dogs never really struck a chord with me as as well. I like a, a good corn dog, a good uh, foot-long corn dog from the fair or from the ballpark, but it's just not when I go up and check, take a look at the menu, that's not my uh, top-of-the-line go-to item. But corn dogs definitely make the list. Number eight, soft pretzels. Oh, man, with a nice queso or uh, mustard to dip it in, even a honey mustard. Uh, the salted soft pretzels, man, that is good stuff. And definitely makes my top 10 list. Uh, number seven, some chicken wings. Woo! Chicken wings, some barbecue chicken wings. I don't like anything too hot. Maybe you do. Uh, and that's uh, obviously good for you. But uh, barbecue wings, maybe some garlic parmesan. You know, the stuff that really makes your breath stink. So the annoying uh, fans next to you of the other team will stay further away. That's my goal when I eat some chicken wings. But I do like me some chicken wings on game day number six and really only because it's so difficult to make like it takes it takes a lot of time and effort to make a good one of these uh it's philly cheesesteak now if i go to like if i'm at a game oh man a philly cheesesteak is amazing especially if you get um some kind of authentic style philly cheesesteak but um you know when you're cooking at home uh doing the steak right doing the peppers and onions and getting the cheese right and everything that just it's a little too much to work with for me on game day when I want to just go sit and watch the game but the flavor is so good that I just have to have it on my list that's why it is number six just outside my top five and here we go my top five game day foods number five cheddar worst or hot dogs with nacho cheese sauce on top I'm telling you what we're gonna, you're gonna see a nacho cheese theme here coming up but Man, I just love myself a good Nathan's hot dog or a beautiful cheddar worst with some extra cheese on top. That is amazing, hot and fresh, and I will go for that all day, every day. That is number five on my power rankings list. Number four, nachos. Just good old nachos with, with nacho cheese, maybe some beef, maybe some chicken, um, you know, maybe some peppers and onions on there. Uh, you know, maybe you do... Uh, nacho supreme for your game days you know i'm not super fancy with my nachos i just like uh chips and cheese and maybe some some type of protein to go with it that is uh how i like to do my nachos but number four nachos for sure and then number three french fries man hot and crispy french fries i don't know if, for those of you who are from the pittsburgh area and you've been to uh potato patch oh man potato patch fries are the bomb.com Sometimes I like to try to make my best impression of homemade French fries at home, and uh, I found that the trick is that you gotta fry them twice. You gotta fry them for a little bit till they get, you know, mostly done. Take them out, let them sit, and do another uh, batch of fresh fries. 
and then take that batch out and put the ones that you've already fried back in for another two or three minutes and that really gets those crispy edges and they are perfectly beautiful fries that's the closest i've ever come to uh potato patch fries pittsburgh potato patch fries if you yens know what i'm talking about and that but uh you know that is number three for me top three some good old french fries number two oh man I, my mouth is watering just thinking about it pulled pork sandwiches barbecue pulled pork i would kill for some barbecue pulled pork right now and it is tuesday night at 9 30 and i've already had dinner i could eat at any time but game day just sounds like pulled pork and uh i like it on my nachos i like it on my french fries but i just love a good pulled pork sandwich and i'm sure you do too number two and then number one what is it if you know me at all you know what it's gonna be most of you probably don't know me that's okay i'm about to tell you a lot about me here it's burgers people that is number one to me for game day food that is my number one overall tailgate item game day food cheeseburgers man bacon cheeseburgers uh Mushroom and Swiss burgers, whatever type of burger you want to do, that's where it's at for me. I love firing up the grill out in the backyard on game day, grilling up some juicy burgers, pairing them with some french fries or some nachos, something along those lines, and really getting down into the game with a juicy cheeseburger. That's where it's at for me. I don't know where you guys rank some of these items. Let me know if you want to follow me on Twitter or hit me up with some ideas of your own for your top 10 game day foods. You can find me on Twitter at thebets93. That's T-H-E-B-E-T-Z-9-3. I'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on game day foods that you love. You're going to hear, or you probably already have, if you listen to Jeff Hartman's uh, podcast this morning, this this uh, Fantasy Football Fix podcast comes out Wednesday afternoon at noon. And uh, Jeff Hartman's uh, Let's Ride podcast for Wednesday uh, came out early this morning. Um, I asked the question to him, what's his favorite game day food? So if you haven't heard that yet, check it out on Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride podcast for uh, Wednesday. So uh, take a look at that one. We're going to come back here in just a little bit. That was probably a really frantic first half of this podcast, but I hope you enjoyed it. Man, I'm my stomach's growling over here. I'm going to take a quick break and maybe go try to find something to eat Uh, and then when we come back we're going to talk a little hot or not for week 13 some trends that are good and some trends that are not so good as in regards to your Steelers fantasy football players don't go anywhere we will be right to the second half of the Steelers Fantasy Football Fix. The Triple F Podcast is here for you every Wednesday at noon during the fantasy football uh, season. I'm going to see what the future holds for this podcast as we move closer to the end of the season, but um, I'm sure that uh, Behind the Steel Curtain will continue to bring you fantastic content 
throughout the remainder of the season on all the platforms. And uh, keep an eye out for what's going to happen with the Fantasy Football Fix. For those of you who enjoy listening to this one, I'm enjoying doing it. We'll keep in touch with you about plans for the future of this podcast and others as you continue to stay tuned in to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. All right, let's jump into Hot or Not, Week 13 edition. We're going to start with a hot topic, a hot trend, something that we really like here as Steelers fantasy football players. Sorry, as Steelers fans and fantasy football players. Um, What's hot is Deontay Johnson's insane floor. Guys, there are two wide receivers in the NFL this year who have scored 11 or more PPR points in every start in 2021. That list of guys includes Cooper Cup, who's on an insane tear this year, and our very own Deontay Johnson. All right. Devontae Adams, nope. He scored double digit points in every fantasy uh, start this year, but he has not scored 11 or more in every fantasy start this year. Uh, Tyreek Hill, nope. Justin Jefferson, nope. Keenan Allen, nope. None of those guys. Cooper Cup and Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's floor is insane. He is wide receiver 14 on the year in PPR leagues, and he's missed time, all right? So he's a top 15 wide receiver who has missed some games because of injury, and uh, his target share, we we talk about it every week because we uh, focus in on the Steelers, but um, it's not a big topic uh, in fantasy circles. You don't hear it a lot uh, outside of maybe this podcast, but Deontay Johnson's Target share is insane for this offense, and he's taking full advantage of it. He's got maybe one drop on the year. So we talked about before the season started that if he could um, just improve his catch uh, rate on targets, that he would uh, be a top 10 wide receiver, at very least a top 15 wide receiver. And uh, on weekly average, he's easily top 10. And he's pushing that way, even though he's missed a couple games this year because of injury. Deontay Johnson's floor is exactly what you're looking for as you're making a push to the playoffs. It is high. It is double-digit points every week. And his ceiling is right up there with the top guys in the league. Uh, touchdowns, yardage, uh, catches. He's he's able to do it all from a fantasy standpoint for your fantasy team. Um Okay, so that's a, a hot trend that we're, we're seeing. Uh, what's not is uh, Najee Harris's declining touch rate. For those of you who um, are now relying on Najee Harris as your RB1 moving forward, uh, it's been troubling to see his touch rate go down the last couple games. The Steelers have gotten so far behind in these last two games that Najee's role has really uh, been relegated to uh, picking up blitzes and going out for the occasional swing pass. So, uh, man, only 11 touches against the Bengals. Your best offensive player cannot have only 11 touches if you want to be successful. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the defense, just giving up too many points, allowing too many rushing yards, and just making it too easy for the opponent to score, which puts the Steelers' offense in a bind. And this Steelers' offense is not going to be some something that carries the team on a weekly basis. They're along for the ride. They're their goal is to do enough to supplement what should, what they were hoping would be a stellar defense, and that defense has not been playing that way. 
We'll get to the defense later. But uh, after recording 20-plus touches from weeks 3 through 10, Najee Harris has had 17 and 11 in weeks 11 and 12. And that's just not what you were hoping for. Now, he did score a touchdown in week 11, which salvaged some of his fantasy production. That was not the case this last week against the Bengals. And uh, the results were a less than stellar fantasy football day from a guy that you probably were relying on heavily um, as you push towards the playoffs. It's not something to necessarily panic about yet, but it's not ideal, obviously, heading into the playoffs. So something to keep an eye on. Um, We're hoping that uh, the Steelers' defense can continue to get healthier and limit some of those opportunities for offenses to jump all over them and allow the Steelers to do what they want to do, which is feed Najee Harris 20-plus times and slow the game down and force uh, the other team's defense to stay on the field for a long time while keeping the other team's offense off the field. So um, hopefully that trend is bucked here starting this week against the Ravens, but it is troubling right now, which is why it makes the not list in this uh, segment here. What else is hot? Pat Fryermuth's red zone work is hot, baby. I'll tell you that. Tied for fifth among all pass catchers, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, tied for fifth among all of those guys in the NFL with 15 red zone targets, right? He is a top red zone threat in the NFL, in the whole league. And uh, it's showing up in his stat line, in his fantasy football production. He's a little bit of a touchdown dependent tight end one, but the target share is there. It's really good, especially now that uh, Eric Ebron is likely out for the rest of the year. You're just going to see that remain steady. Um, He is Ben Roethlisberger's first option in the red zone on passing downs. So keep him in your uh, starting lineup for the rest of the season, unless uh, new developments happen. But for right now, A hot trend in Steelers football and for fantasy football is that Pat Fryermuth is getting all the red zone work for this team. What's not hot? Chase Claypool's inconsistent production. Man, we've seen so many times what he could be if he would just be consistent, if he would make those catches, if he would uh, concentrate just a little more. I don't know what it is right now. I think a lot of it has to do that his targets – although he's been getting more of them since uh, his return from injury a few weeks ago. Um, He's been getting more targets, yes, but they are not quality targets. They're not um, targets in which he is always favored to catch the football. So a lot of it is um, deep passes, uh, downfield shots, 50-50 balls. They have a lower success rate, a lower completion rate, just by their nature. And Claypool is suffering from that a little bit, but also he's dropping passes and he's not being consistent downfield threat. And uh, that has hurt his overall fantasy stock. But, you know, he is the ultimate boomer bust uh, flex play really for the remainder of the year. He has the ability any given week to absolutely win your week for you. If you're playing him as a flex, you're not you know, you're not expecting him to put up your wide receiver two numbers, but he can. He can put up wide receiver one numbers. And if he does that, you're most likely winning your week. But he could just as easily put up a bust, uh, put up a total dud, and 
be the reason that you lose uh, in a fantasy football week. So uh, it's it's ride or die with him uh, this year. We were hoping that maybe some of the touchdown production would increase, but Pat Fryermuth has really taken away a lot of his red zone uh, prowess, uh, Claypool's that is, and uh, we're seeing that uh, reflected in his overall stat lines uh, in fantasy football. All right, one more hot trend is Chris Boswell's startability in fantasy football for the rest of the year. Uh, He's the number four overall kicker in fantasy football in 2021. Not something I was expecting, but the guy just doesn't miss kicks. Uh, There's Justin Tucker, who's on a planet all by himself. Obviously, a, a generational talent at the kicker position. And then there's Chris Boswell, and then there's everybody else. As far as accuracy and dependability go, those two guys are it. Uh, They are the gold standard at the kicker position. And Chris Boswell is is money from everywhere. 50-plus doesn't matter. He's got six 50-plus yard field goal makes this year. And uh, that's tied for second in the league. Um, The Steelers struggle scoring touchdowns even when they get in the red zone. When they get on opposing sides of the field, they have trouble finishing drives. That has played well for Boswell as a fantasy kicker. Not so well for the Steelers' final scores, uh, as we've seen in the last few weeks. But um, Boswell's fantasy production should remain consistent. He is a uh, bankable start every week the rest of the year because of the way the Steelers play offense and because of his talent and ability to make the long kick, the short kick, the clutch kick, whatever it is, it's going through the uprights uh, when Chris Boswell is, is booting it. So uh, keep Bosomatic in your lineups for the remainder of the year. That is a hot trend that we are seeing for Steelers fantasy football. Okay, the final not hot is the defense and its ability to create splash plays for fantasy purposes. All right, 10 takeaways all year. 11 games for the Steelers, they have 10 takeaways. All right, that is third worst, tied for third worst in the NFL. Um, By perspective, the league leader is the Indianapolis Colts with 27 takeaways in 2021. That's a huge difference, and it's really uh, one of the big factors why this defense has not been this year, what it was last year, they're just not creating as much splash. Um, the sack numbers are still pretty good. They've got 30 sacks through 11 games. That's uh, top five in the NFL. It's not what it was the last couple years either there. Um, the loss of Bud Dupree and the loss of Stefan Tuitt has been magnified uh, with Alex Highsmith not really um, taking a huge vice grip hold on that second outside linebacker spot. He's He's good. He's he's a good player. He's an ascending player. He will get there. I believe that, but he's not there yet. And uh, we're seeing that reflected in the Steelers' ability to create splash and to create uh, havoc on the defensive side of the football. They're giving up too many yards right now and too many points per game to be a bankable start in fantasy football. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is. So uh, until we see different, until we see a bounce back from this this defense and they've got some tough matchups coming up, some good offenses coming into town or they're going to face in, in uh, away buildings. And uh, it's going to be difficult. 
it's going to be tough for them to be a uh, top 10 defense the rest of the year. You, you might see a game or two where they, where they do that, where TJ Watt or Minka Fitzpatrick or somebody just goes off and, uh, or the special teams unit uh, blocks a kicker and turns it for a touchdown. You know, you'll see something like that the rest of the year, but um, they're not bankable. They're not um, a plug-and-play start like they were the last couple years. So uh, just something to keep in mind. It's not a good trend uh, that we're seeing. Hopefully that rebounds, but right now it does make the not list in the hot or not segment of week 13. All right, that is it for me for this episode of the Steelers Fantasy Football Fix. Like I said before, if you want more fantasy, if you want to talk fantasy with me, if you want to just talk Steelers football, look me up on Twitter at TheBets93. I would love to discuss Steelers football with you. Uh, I do it with uh, several people already, and we have a blast doing it. Um, It's just fun to interact with fans, fellow Steelers fans, as we uh, pursue fantasy football championships and as the Steelers pursue uh, riding the ship and getting back on the winning track and pushing for the playoffs in their own right. So um, look forward to hearing from you throughout the week. Y'all have a great Wednesday and a great weekend coming up. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and are ready for the holiday season as it comes upon us real quick. So y'all have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next week.